Hey everybody, it's Dan Davis here. Um, just wanted to put out this episode of me and Kevin hanging out. Um, this was recorded sometime in early September? Yes. Um, so there are obviously some some details there from, from back then. Uh, the Jack Reacher movie hadn't come out and disappointed a lot of people. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. Maybe I'll wait until it's, I don't know, at the Dollar Theater or out for rental or something. Um, and Kevin actually didn't end up going to his reunion, but other than that, um, I don't know, just enjoy this episode of us hanging out, uh, see you guys later, we've got more episodes actually coming out soon, sorry it's been such a gap, but, uh, yeah, alright, love you guys dearly, talk to you soon, see you later, bye, love you. have a happy Halloween, bye. I'll start recording now. Fantabulastic. Nora. Another sip of tea. I'm sure that's a great sound to hear. Probably should have done the same thing in case I do move my feet around. It's not. <laughs> Ugh. All right. So, um, we talk about God or death. I don't know. I'm thinking more. Just kind of preface this with: we prepared for this with a lot of random shit. Oh, we had a lovely day. Um, I don't know, just hanging out, and it was a good afternoon, and probably something we needed to do, and uh, we did get a record for a later show, so there's that. Yes. Just but, so you know, we are recording at 10 past midnight. Is it? Shit. Yes. Look, I, I, I earnestly go to sleep, like, if I can help it, by like 2.30. That's not, that's not good. I'm not proud of that. But it's consistent. <laughs> One of the most important it's things for sleep I, I, is consistency. I know, I know, but I, it's, lately it's been, it got really bad, like, a couple weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, like, basically, all By of a couple last, weeks, I mean a couple years. No, well, no, uh, basically all of last month, something started happening where I was, it was like one week where I just, my sleep cycle got knocked out of, out of orbit, and normally, like, okay, like, I basically try to be asleep by, by three, if, you know, I have stuff for the next day. If, or it, I, I try to be asleep by 3 if, if it's just normal. If I, even if I don't have anything to do, I just I have to be asleep by 3. Because that's, that's about right. I think that seems about right. Yeah, I mean, you got to have a, again, consistent schedule. you got to know what you're cut off. Right. And then, but like, you know, hey, if, if, I need to, if I need to wake up earlier, yeah, I'll be in bed at midnight and make sure that I'm getting at least like 5 hours, 6 hours or something like that. It's because I don't want to feel shitty when I'm when I'm going out to like a shoot or if I'm doing any kind of work the next day, um, or waking up, or waking up. You know, but, but oh, I'm terrible with waking up. I'm not a. I mean, I don't know people who are morning people really. Like even people I know who like wake up really fucking early in the morning. I don't know if they're morning people. I don't know if morning people exist or if they've enforced it. I would say I've met I've met for sure some morning people. They're just. Yeah. There are people out there who are they built, wake up in there. They're built to be awake at like six o'clock in the morning. And that's like awake awake. Like they've already gotten ready and are starting their day. That that was me in like elementary and middle school. I think all the way up all the way up until high school I was a, I was an awake at six AM person. I don't know how I ever survived like the Yeah. That just does not nowadays like I wake up at six thirty, but that's like the first alarm. Yeah. Just to set me up so to make sure I'm up by seven o'clock. 
right? No, um, and I lose I lose some of that consistency too. Like I try and sleep by midnight, yeah. and then there'll just be nights where I'm just like, "Fuck it, I'm your, up." Your, I'm your up. commute's better now, right? At least the, no, Ooh. no. So one of the things that definitely come up in discussion with other people is that traffic in LA just gets worse over time in general. Mm. I mean, year to year, we'll get worse until there's some natural or social disaster that sends people running out of California. Let's pray for social. I'm really hoping it's not natural. I'd like to stay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's just expected. People are moving back into the city, so it's clogging up the roads. It's hard to get anywhere now. I guess so. I don't know. I've learned to I've learned to adapt to it, but then again, I'm not going in and out of the city. I am I am always within Los Angeles at all times. It's just really hard to convince friends of mine to come out to visit. Hi, everybody. Um, that wasn't pointed at all. I'm sorry. No, not in the least. <laughs> We're looking in your direction. I mean, uh, and... no, but but well, some of my friends I can understand that they're really not good with long distances, and it's just like they work like shitty hours, and they're like, I'm sorry, I don't have the energy to. And like it's like no, that's that's valid. I understand that, you know. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, no, it's that's kind of the situation I'm in with my. Uh, it's terrible. Yeah. The uh, what is that thing? The ten year reunion for next week. Uh, is it? Uh, it is the sixteenth of okay. September. Um, I think we're we're doing a cruise, an evening cruise thing. Really? And That's what it is? Yes. I believe it's the Newport Harbor Booze Cruise. What the fuck is that? High school reunions should be like, hey, why don't we do uh, why don't we do pretend uh, teenager things in the gymnasium? Maybe. I, I mean, know, I, we, ne- we never did shit in our gym, so... Yeah, that's true. That was so far away from everything else. Nobody ever, We never used it for anything except the quarterly rallies. Yeah, which I don't know. I'm trying to think if I ever went to a pep rally. I also never went to a football game. Not that it mattered, Capo Valley football sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, nah, no, that's about right. I think we were the slump years. There was like, you know, it has its periods. Some yeah. years, like, that's where the stars come out, and then, you know, once they're gone, school has to kind of recuperate and find somebody new to come through and train. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, so you're going to Newport Harbor for the thing. Mm. Yes. 16th, 17th? The 16th, 16th. which is a Friday, which means I will have to leave from essentially downtown LA uh, probably before 5 o'clock so I can be there by 7. Good times. Good times. You could take the train. Well, the other issue is with my girlfriend trying to figure right. out that solution of getting back and forth and getting around. That's true. Is there's and there's no way you could like duck out early. Oh, my goal is to duck out early. It's more getting her to duck out early. That's ah. that's more of the challenge. She yeah, has to be okay too. and get the, uh, the green light for getting out of there at a certain time. So. Yeah. We'll see. I'm also I don't mind the drive as much as long as I'm awake and. Or I've got yeah. something that'll keep me awake. Anything like that. Yeah. I mean, like anybody who lives in like any kind of traffic area, you know, having podcasts at the ready, like, is really helpful. Absolutely, I've got plenty of those on hand. Also, I've been finally enjoying the wonders of the uh, Los Angeles Public Library system, and I've been checking out a shitload of audiobooks. Very nice. Very um, nice. I've I listened to my first Jack Reacher thing, and I think I'm okay. I don't. 
I don't, I'm, okay, here's the thing. I liked it, but it was like, it's just like, okay, I get what this is. I don't think I'm ever going to read or listen to another one of these because I'm not as compelled. I am reasonably excited for the next movie that's coming okay. out. Um, How does the material compare? To the movie? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't know. I didn't read the specific book that um, that, that one's based on, but I, they basically get the character right. It's just maybe maybe because it was an older man who I think was reading the audiobook or someone with a deeper voice. One, A. Jack Reach is supposed to be ridiculously tall, which Tom Cruise is uh, notably not. But, um, yes. But... But he he's got the confidence right, and he's got the like he's the best shot, the best ass kicker, dude, the smartest thing. I I liked most of it, like the the, the book I was reading. Um, yeah, I, I'd say that the Jack Reacher in the book feels older. I think Tom Cruise on some level possibly feels too young. Okay, I know how old Tom Cruise actually is, but it's like, you know. Uh, personality that he portrays is very youthful right um but no it's it was good and it's basically like it's like a detective story with a lot more like punching and shooting um than than those are typically associated with unless i'm not as familiar there's plenty of punching and shooting but i'm talking about like serious like you know not like that not like the noir the noir hero always gets beaten up jack reacher is not the noir hero it would be kind of (laughs) like if Doyle wrote Sherlock Holmes to be like the, uh, like, like also the embodiment of like, oh, oh no, sorry. I'm thinking no. was the, what was the movie that just came out? Robert Downey Jr. Like if he took Robert Downey Jr. as a character and embodied him into Sherlock Holmes, maybe. Because I mean there was a, the fisticuff scene and just a lot more action no, and, that, and motion in that. That's true. That's true, and I think that has a lot to do with um, oh. It's not Danny Boyle who's the director. Fuck, why am I forgetting his name? Um, but you get what I mean. That's going to piss me off. Uh, he directed... Uh, he directed Locked Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Which he did I love. Snatch, which is fucking great. Um, yeah. No, but it, it was it was good. Now I'm listening to Dune. Uh, and I also got the, the fantastic World War Z audiobook. I'm sure this is all thrilling to you guys, but I don't know what. Okay, uh, uh, the Guy Ritchie—that was his name. Thank you, Kevin, for making it seem as if I suddenly remembered that myself. <laughs> That's why it's all audio, <laughs> so you don't have to see me shoving things like my phone into your face with yes. information. Um, no, sorry, that was that was a bit of a tangent. And I don't know. I mean, maybe some people will be interested in the Jack Reacher bit or something. But but I don't know. I'm just appreciating the fact that like, hey, you guys should pay attention. Actually, pay attention to your local library. You will save a lot of money. Yes, <laughs> they have DVDs. They have music. They have if you want ebooks as well. Like, like just this, this is all readily apparent, but it's just like it's really genuinely surprising how many people you meet who just don't have a fucking library card, and it's like get one, use it. Go to the library. Even if you go once a year. That's why it's there. And, and they have so many online resources. Uh, again, I'm, I, know, I know this sounds very like public service down so, but it's just like, no. Clearly, you guys need to actually fucking do it. Seriously, if you have a smartphone, you should be connected with your local library. Absolutely. Period. You know. Uh, <laughs> the more to, you know. The more you know. But no, it's just, it's, it's free access to good material. Don't underestimate that. 
Can't beat that. I mean, yeah. seriously, we spend a shit ton of money on books and. I, I've been able to save stuff. so much money catching up on like graphic novels and comic books that I've wanted to read for a long time. You know, and it's just like, oh right, I don't have to. You know, and I'm not admitting to anything, but it's like, oh, I don't have to like download online archives. Uh, I'm avoiding a word that starts with an S. Um, you know, download my comics uh, as opposed to like, hey. You can go to the library. Again, all of this seems very obvious, but actually take advantage of it. Since we're talking about comics, yeah. Um, did you see Daredevil, the Netflix series? Oh yeah, yeah, it was both of the seasons. I, I loved super, it. Second super season, I I don't feel as hot about. Um, it got very comic booky. It, I don't know if comic book is even the right word. So much as it was just like. It felt like it could have been... Mm, I don't think they, they handled that weird transition into, like... Into, uh... Mysticism? Not mysticism, although that... I, I, I think that was okay, no. What it was is that the, the whole, like, them losing the case, that felt like a side note. It felt like it should have been a bigger deal in it. Like, obviously, the fallout from it is the big deal, but it sort of felt like... It felt really underwhelming how the case fell apart. Um, I can see what but you I, mean. But I loved Frank Castle, and I, I loved Elektra, um, and it was really good, and I, I was pretty happy with it. Um, but more uneven than the first season, for sure. Although I love the first episode of the second season a lot. Yes, that is true. Um, um, I was just thinking, I read recently um, the... Garth Ennis' revival of uh, The Punisher, uh, Welcome hmm. Back, Frank. So good. And right. th there were sections of... Uh, Welcome Back, Frank, that were... yeah Lifted were... straight out and executed flawlessly. I, I thought that they, they finally sort of got it right. Um, I don't know. It's... I, okay, I never saw Punisher Warzone. I never saw the Dolph Lundgren Punisher movie. I saw the Tom Jane one, and I like him in that movie... But he didn't read to me like, you know, Tom, Tom Jane and Punisher didn't read to me like the Frank Castle that, like, I have in my head. And it's interesting that they picked a guy who's kind of smaller, like, physically. Like, you know, I, I've at least always thought, like, okay, Frank Castle's got to be imposing. But no, he gets the character right more. He's, he's, more, he's more believable as someone who's ex-military. He's more believable as someone who, you know, uh, uh, believes that what he's doing is is absolutely right. Um, it's the and, mental. Right, right, right. He, he, he gets the psychology of the character very right in an important way uh, uh, that I really appreciated. Um, I don't know. Uh, and that's not to disparage Thomas Jane. I love Thomas Jane. Like, Hung, I liked Hung. I don't know. I don't think enough people watch that show, but it was good. Um but I think it just lends itself to the continuation that Marvel and essentially free-range television, and by television I mean online television. This is the kind of stuff that we're able to produce on Netflix, which, by the way, just throwing it out about the second season of Daredevil, that second season of that show was more violent than anything I'd seen in any movie or TV show. Oh, yeah. And I think just the fact that like they get to just be completely unrestrained because of... Uh, it's funny. It's it's funny that on some level it's easier to access this kind of stuff on Netflix and yet that that it ever was on cable and yet like 
even the kinds of cable stations that could get away with showing like really heavy violent and sexual content simply don't and wait until later hours because of not not for any like legal reasons i don't think it's, well, a, it's I would a pay say, service i would say one of the great things about netflix versus you know cable channels is that netflix has a reputation of they give suggestions they don't even give like notes they give suggestions of this might be they'll review the material they'll say yeah. this might be something that you might want to change this might be something that you know you might want to take note of that might have a kind of reaction and if you say no i like it they say all right cool it's yours it's your project whereas you know in a lot of cable channels you'll hear the stories of uh, you know executives coming in saying you know these are the kinds of changes we're expecting we really feel right. this project well, should go this direction. I mean, I, I wonder if that still some of that still happens. I understand that a lot of the people working on Netflix probably get way more like creative freedom, but there probably still is something of that. Did you know that uh, an executive wanted to change the name of Back to the Future to Spaceman from Pluto? That's dumb. I mean, Back yes. to the Future, while I think a great title is an odd fucking title, it doesn't... I, I get that it's they're trying to go back to the future, but I this also John Mulaney had a great bit about this, but that's yeah. Other, well, they were um, also supposed to tie it in with a couple of other changed lines throughout the movie to Spaceman from Pluto. From Pluto, okay. So there's something to when you have too much executive administrative oversight, where all of a sudden somebody thinks they've got a bright idea that they're gonna just rain down across your crappy little project. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm. It's it's kind of funny. I still hear about these things, but, but we're still so far removed from it to the point where like, I don't I don't even get it. And here, here's what I mean by that. I'm so used to people who have complete control over their creative projects simply because they're too small and they're so personal that nobody there's no overhead. There's nobody telling them what they need to be doing. I can't even conceive of the idea of of what it's like to have like a money person, you know, like some some kind of investor or, or some kind of producer, somebody come in and be like, "Can it be not this?" Yeah. Like like I understand I understand fully well that sometimes you need people around you who will tell you no, and sometimes that's the important job a producer has is to look at a director and be like, "There is an easier, simpler, quite possibly better way for you to be doing this." But I just, I can't think of, of what it's got to be like for them to be like, so we hired you because we trust you, but also we don't like anything you're doing. Essentially. Or, or although they'll slightly lie to you and be like, we love, we love what you're bringing to this. But. But that's the thing is that this is a character I have from movies and people talking about the industry. I'm so curious to see what this looks and feels like in person. It seems like what happens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it seems like what happens is instead of being viewed as a creative process to make a movie or a TV show or any kind of project, it becomes this is a machine that has an input of creative direction and an output of thus project. Right. And so then you have administrative assistants, essentially, or administrative notes that are basically trying to modify the process, not modify the art. Even right. though at the end of the day they're modifying the art. Uh, have you seen Suicide Squad yet? Yes. And I have to see it again. Okay. I've 
I've had <laughs> enough. I within a few days of seeing it, I knew I needed to watch it again, and I've had a lot of confirmation of that that the movie. I don't even necessarily plays better, but you get a clearer picture of it by watching it a second time. And by clearer picture of it, you already know all of the stupid edits that are coming when they're coming. Sorry, I, I have a distinct vicious hatred for this film. Um, Please, elaborate! <laughs> but, but no, 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 like, well, here's the good that comes out of it, and I'm, I think these might be the same points you agree. Everyone's really well cast, and they do a good job. Yes. Except the Enchantress stuff doesn't work. And even if the movie was properly assembled, I wouldn't be that interested in... Like, what they're leading up to her as a villain is is interesting, but the ultimate execution's not very good. The brother is forgettable. Um, well, there's a lot of it that just, in terms of storytelling, doesn't make sense. It, And, you know, I, I love a lot of movies that don't make any sense, but... They're also good. Um, there's a through line well, that you the, can the, actually put together. There, there's an execution to it. Yes. Um, there's this great thing I like to bring up. Every a lot of the people who have been criticizing like Force Awakens for like all of its plot holes and the weird Deus Ex Machina stuff and all of its inconsistencies and stuff like that. And and I just think back to okay, so let's think about that original Star Wars movie. Kid, his aunt and uncle die. And then he's like, I'm "What gonna am be- I gonna do?" No, 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 no. In- instead of like, like basically, his parent, his parents are dead. Essentially, he's never known anyone else. His parents are dead, and he's just like, "Old dude, I'm going with you, and I'm leaving this planet." And he suddenly becomes an adult, and it's just like, "No, I, I do not believe. I do not like, like it's, it's that that's so emotionally detached." But at the same time, you're watching the movie, and it, you know. You don't think about this, just like, shouldn't he be a little sadder? It's the opposite you know? of a coming-of-age story, that there is no, like, growth. He just goes from A to B. No transition. I'd say that I'd say that perhaps it's a bit more subtle than that, but... No, it's not that he's not broken up about his aunt and uncle dying. It's the part where he is sadder about Obi-Wan Kenobi's death than he is about his aunt and uncle dying. Though, I mean, you can think about it, and it's just like, well, his last little... He's lost the last uh, living link to his father, which is what he sort of sees the relationship as. as, as but he's literally known this guy for, like... He's like some old dude who lived on the edge of town, you know. Uh, and then he hangs out with him for, like, a day. And then he dies. And he mourns him openly. And yet his aunt and uncle die. He's just like, man, I'm real sad about that. <laughs> well, I mean, if you want to stay in the logic of the Star Wars universe, perhaps it was their connection through the Force that generated a much stronger bond sure. that he couldn't share with his <laughs> own family. I'm throwing it out there because I'm sure there are people who've already conceived of no, this idea. But, but it's one of those things, there are plenty of movies with like plot holes and weird inconsistencies and odd emotional developments and things like that that are still fine. I fucking love Star Wars. Like, I, you know, the... Like, how quickly Han Solo becomes General Solo is fascinating. That's, yes. that's like, a couple years there, and he's a general. Just throw that out there. But, it helps to sleep with the commander. But the the stuff with Enchantress, it just didn't... It didn't make any sense because the movie made no effort to justify it, I don't think. 
It was it was just like, oh yeah, here's your bad guy, and it feels like I there's there's stuff that you could have just told us earlier, that like if wouldn't have wouldn't the tension have been better if if we had known exactly everything that Flag had known from the point where it happens chronologically, instead of suddenly Enchantress is loose and the city's taken over. Gone nuts. Right. Like, like you could have shown us the gap of, like, you know, like, her invasion or her infection or whatever the fuck it is starts. You, you could have started it there and then shown the gap and then suddenly they go into the city and it's like this. But we still, I think, really needed to see that happen. We needed to understand what Flag was hiding from everybody. Uh, when he, when he, when his guilt comes out, we're just like, you shouldn't you shouldn't hide that from the audience unless you have a really really good reason. Well, the weird thing I think was that they gave the reveal about his relationship with the girl. I can't remember her name. Doctor. I, I can't remember the. I just remember Enchantress. Enchantress. But yes. With the host of Enchantress, which was the least important piece of the plot line for guiding the story. Yeah. And made it much harder to get through the rest of the storytelling element that would is actually guiding character action. And I think that's that might be one of those things about the plot line choices or the plot holes yeah. in movies is the kind of hole that's left. I mean, yes, Luke Skywalker didn't mourn his well, parents. They lived with the that's, that's not. The, I didn't point out necessarily a plot hole, but I po- I pointed out something. It's just like hold on a sec. But if it had been if it had been even lesser of a movie, people would have harped on that so much. But it's not lesser of a movie. Star Wars is a fucking masterpiece. So exactly. that's what it is. I I think that whatever that they executed with the Enchantress stuff wasn't good enough on its own, that even like I said this earlier, even if the movie had been properly assembled, it still wouldn't have been that good or that interesting. Problem the largest problem is that the movie is just it's not good. It needed another rewrite. It it didn't just need another rewrite. It needed it needed a, a, a single editor. I don't mind that movies have multiple editors, but it needed a singular vision of how it was going to be cut together that wasn't as fucking slapped together as it was. All those music cues that were in the wrong place that didn't make any sense. There's all this weird soundtrack bullshit. It didn't have a strong opening. It had too many openings. Like... I, they should have started the movie with Amanda Waller meeting those two people, or the, the people in the restaurant. That's how that movie should have opened. And instead they open up on the... Like, they should have kept all the character introduction stuff in the same place. Make it succinct. Make it succinct. Make it, make it... Make it Ocean's Eleven, where everybody's introduced and goes through the You know the, the exact words I said when I got home that night... Or why wasn't this movie Ocean's Eleven? Because <laughs> on some level, that's what it is. It's not the Guardians of the Galaxy, the DC Universe. It's kind of like Ocean's Eleven. Yes, exactly. That was a very lengthy handshake we just had, by the way. Yes. <laughs> just the, the detail you missed is I immediately just... we That had to happen. It was there and it was necessary. So, so the big question is why wasn't this movie Ocean's Eleven? Because it so easily could have been. There was one fix to the story that Mark Bernardin of the LA Times and Batman on Batman and various other mm. projects suggested. And I wanted to get your opinion on it because mm. I think based on the edits made may have actually been a key change to the way the story would have went. Mm-hmm. 
instead of having the Enchantress be the villain, they take the enhanced love story of the Joker and Harley Quinn and turn it around so that the Joker is the villain because he is pursuing getting Harley Quinn back from the Suicide Squad. Right. While, while, while they're on this, this hazardous mission. But... I mean, I'm earnestly, I'm very curious as to why they cut out all the Jared Leto stuff. But also at the same time, Jared Leto's Joker was not good. It just wasn't. He wasn't that interesting. His interpretation of the character was... It's a different Joker. I, I don't care that it was a different Joker. Okay, we already got the dark, different, edgy, scary Joker that we wanted in, you know, uh, uh, um... In uh, Dark, uh, Knight. Dark Knight, yeah. And Heath Ledger killed that. And I'm not saying they needed to replicate that, but the core part of Joker's character, no matter what, no matter how silly silly or serious his interpretation is, is that he has to actually be funny. Like, like okay, the Heath Ledger ver- version of that character is terrifying. The whole, like, you know, if you want to know how I got my scars and the, you know, the, the, like, his whole thing is terrifying. But he still has that bit where he's like, I'm going to show you guys a trick. I'm going to make this pencil disappear and then slams the guy's, you know, forehead and, like, kills him with it. But that's the thing. It still has to be a little funny. And Jared Little's Joker want funny. He won't funny at all. He's Joker. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to remember what it is. I believe it's referenced that the kind of Joker he's doing is a certain iteration of Joker that is basically gangster Joker, which is kind of like animated series, but less funny. Really? Which yeah. animated? Which animated? Because animated series Joker, I I see as being like way goofier. Well, exactly. That's exactly it. Is that it's that. Joker in that he runs the gang like he's a he's an actual gangster, but Jared Leto's Joker is much more serious. It's kind of the seriousness of the Heath Ledger Joker with the style, the leadership style and, and methodology of the animated series Joker. Yes, I don't know. I just I found it exceedingly dull. I I couldn't like I was so underwhelmed. Also, I didn't like the fact that they they changed the Harley Quinn stuff where. Um, you know, uh, I can't remember who, who, who said this best, but someone said that when you look at how she, like when she was created in, in the animated series, it's like, it's the whole thing. She stared into the abyss too long and mm-hmm. that's why she turned not this, like she became enamored with him and then immediately was like, you know, like, you know, like was electrocuted and given shock therapy and then dumped into the pit of goo that never, that's the not acid. A, that that was never a thing that needed to happen with with Harley Quinn. She was just she was all she was all his basically just from being around him. There was also the weird element of that that I didn't quite understand why it was necessary that she was abused by everybody. That seemed very confusing. Yeah, I did I didn't care much for that either. Um that was really weird. I don't, the relationship wasn't convincing. You don't really, you don't really get a sense of why she gives a shit about him. Other than the fact that he's Joker and she's Harley Quinn and that's what it's supposed to be. 
they don't really have any chemistry that works on screen together. I don't know. Jared Leto's Jared Leto's whole performance is a waste. Like I said, everyone else does really great. Fucking Will Smith, not oh talked about enough, but that was so good. He should just be in every DC movie from here on. Out. He needs to be in in good movies again. He needs. He is a great actor. I like him. I like him a lot. Fuck, why wasn't he in the new Independence Day, speaking of which I didn't see? Because guess who's not in it? I love Jeff Goldblum, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm going to say this, and I know you're. I'm going to hear it up and down for it. I've not seen either. The original? I've not seen the original or the sequel. Oh, the the original Independence Day is 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 such fantastic garbage of its time, but I just don't think we had seen anything like that. But it's oh, it's 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 great high budget trash. Okay. And I, and I I say that very lovingly. I think it's as somebody who owns the movie. I don't own a copy of the movie. Aha. No, 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 no. That that doesn't it. That doesn't. Uh, I have it on tape actually. Okay. I know. I, I mean, it's the same tape I've had since I was a kid with the the Sega Saturn video game ad. Oh yeah. Oh man, Sega Saturn. That was a console that lasted. Um, <laughs> and the people bought. Uh, In droves. Yes. So many people had the Sega Saturn. Um, no. They sold so many they went out of business. I, I, I'd say I'd say watch the first Independence Day. It's a good time. It's real dumb. It's real dumb stuff, but it's a good time. I, I mean, know. that's what it's always sounded like. I've just <laughs> never gotten around to it. It's no, it, it's it's worth it. And Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum are great as like as is like a is like a duo in that. Um, it's a good fun time. You get to watch a lot of shit blow up. But that movie is so pre-9-11. Yeah. In, in, a, in a way, I think it's very important. By the way, I'd like to talk about this on, on a much happier note um, in regards to movies. The most recent Star Trek film. Did you get to see it yet? Uh, yes. Star Trek... Beyond. Beyond. Thank you. Yeah. I almost said Into Darkness again. I loved it. Um, but notably, in the climax scene, what got destroyed? Think, think, think about what happened in the second one. Now they destroyed the fucking city, and then the the whole thing is that oh no, what if this thing gets destroyed? What if what if the rips apart this this space station and kills all these people? Nothing gets destroyed. Some some nicks here and there. The only thing gets destroyed is the Enterprise itself. Yes, you which know. is the only thing I was thinking about. But I forgot about the whole space station part of that. Well, but that they wanted to, but that was like, wasn't it refreshing? Like after so many movies of just like. You know, urban cityscapes getting fucking annihilated. And the Marvel movies are just as guilty as anything of this. You know, and I love those movies, but I'll say this about Civil War. There was slightly less city destruction. Slightly less. Uh, just enough. <laughs> in, in this one. But at least it was relative to the plot as well. Which sure. helps that it's not just... Yeah. It's not Batman v Superman, just buildings uh, getting knocked down uh, for the sake Where's Martha? No, no, not where's Martha. Save Martha. How do you know that name? Why'd you say Martha? Why'd you say that name? But no, I think one of the other things about (laughs) Star Trek Beyond that I really appreciated was that they did a true homage to the original series by connecting 
curiosity and, and creativity to the storyline. Precisely. Which is something I think has been lost from pretty much every Star yeah. Trek iteration since basically Next Generation. It became really? very science-heavy. No, I, I don't know. I, I love Deep Space Nine. I didn't see enough of Voyager. But Deep Space... Deep Space... Deep Space Nine... Deets... Deets... Deets Dips. Deets Nuts Nine. Deets Dips Nine. <laughs> Deets Nuts. Sorry. Deep Space Nine was... was it was good. I yeah. think they introduced a lot of characters that were... I don't think they coalesced as well as a team on a ship. Yeah. Everybody on this space colony, like Quark and, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Like, they were very dynamically different rather than dynamically uh, cooperative. Yeah. So it, it, it made for good, like, one-off episodes, but you didn't have, like, a really, I think, strong storyline throughout. I don't know. I'd actually say that they they had the opportunity to have a much better continuous storyline, but it's not like you know Deep Space Nine. It wasn't it wasn't the sort of like feel good kind of like occasionally dramatic you know like thought provoking. It it, it presented a much different kind of um, episode to episode feel than Next Generation. Where in my head, I know that Deep Space Nine is the better show. But Next Generation is just, it's so much fun. And and it's all the characters, like, working together, and it's much more positive, and it's, yeah. you know... Um, People are running around saying, shut up, Wesley. I mean, you know, they do that in the first season. I, I know. I like <laughs> Wesley Crusher. I think Wesley Crusher was a good character, and I think everybody... And fuck off. Even after the Native American episode? I don't remember that one. That's one of the last ones. This okay. weird, like, he goes on a spirit journey with Native American aliens. That was a thing that happened? That was Why did I forget that episode? I, it's, it was really, really strange. I think okay. that was the one where he left the Enterprise. I thought he. I thought he left because he. He just finally went to Starfleet Academy. It may have been. Yeah. That may have been. I. There's I, something that guided right. him into actually going in. At I point. love. I love the one of the one of the episodes that actually brings him back is the one where there's um there was an accident that like and a student died and Wesley was involved in it. I re- kind of remember that, that was a really good episode. Um, but no, I think that I think that you're right that this new movie brought back something that was very good that Star Trek needed. Um, and that it brought back, like, Star Trekiness. Yes. It, it brought back, it brought back, like, people of, of reasonable action, um, as opposed to Into Darkness, where it's just like, I'll solve the problem by kicking it! Um, which is a thing that happened. Yeah. In that movie. It, 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 took, it, it, took, it took that beautiful scene in Wrath of Khan where, where Spock sacrifices himself, you know, uh, and... And and it makes it Kirk sacrifices himself, but he fixes the problem by kicking it. Exactly, it's it's that loss of rational thinking that, or creativity yeah. and rational thinking combined. Or J.J. J. Abrams was too busy wanting to make a Star Wars in his head, and that's the kind of thing that's okay for a Star Wars. It's not the kind of thing that's okay for a Star Trek. Exactly, I don't think. And this is not to say anything about Jeremy Lin. I think just that's public opinion about the Fast and Furious movies. I don't think they expected that of him either. Oh, of, to, of Justin Lin. Justin, thank you. Yeah, 
Jeremy Lin, the basketball player. I think I think Justin Lin is one of the greatest fucking living like directors. Like he is so he's so amazing. He basically saved the Fast and the Furious franchise. He made it into a real franchise. This is true. Like he he really did. Um, but he kind of got typed into. Oh, he makes those car right. movies over there. But, just because but, he saved people, it, they didn't... Just because those movies were insane, people, I think, I don't know, I, I'm guessing the people who got him to direct the most recent Star Trek movie, which, fantastic choice, thank you so much, but, um, you know, I think that they, I think that they had the right idea by picking him, because they probably saw sort of the brilliance in what he was doing with those movies, um... Also, throwing this out there, Fast and the Furious movies, uh, with the exception of they, they need to be better about depicting women uh, sometimes, but um, quite possibly the most progressive, uh, uh, large-scale, uh, continuing series in Hollywood. Hmm. Mostly non-white directors. There's one white dude. Um, mostly non-white cast. Mostly non-white cast. But importantly, multiracial. Right, and it's the the the, the fastest. Like like every time someone points out that it's just like oh, but like you know, uh, uh, people aren't gonna go for this when they talk about like casting like a person of a certain like color, like you know, in, in a role. And it's just like I'm sorry, those those the movies with the cars are killing, and they've got like. You know, you know why they're on like eight or nine right now. Yeah, it, it, it's it's we should be paying so much more attention to that model. I don't know. I I absolutely love those. Did you uh, have you seen all of them or no? No, I've seen up to three for sure. Okay, I think I saw the fourth. And I'm just not really remembering it very well. But after that, I the, lost the fourth it. one isn't great, and that that's the second one that that Justin Lin directed. Um, but I mean. One, two, three, pretty awesome. Um, and then five, six, and seven are all great. I, I didn't like seven as much as, as five and six, but five and six are are spectacular heist movies. Like, they're so cool. Yes, um, which is what I've heard. And then they, they take down that fucking airplane in the sixth one, which would have... Like, someone calculated it out that, like, the runway would have had to have been, like, miles, miles <laughs> long. For that scene to have even been like marginally plausible, which who gives a shit? They 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 had some cool sports cars and they took down a fucking airplane. Not like everything else in the movie was realistic, except that. Exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I hope I hope people are digging this. I'm, I'm thinking so. Not that we would get time. I don't know any any notes about God or death you want to throw in. I don't know. As we get, we opened with that and we're kind of going in the direction of closing with that. Uh, while we were, well, just so you guys know, I'm glad I'm introducing at the end of the episode, we prepped for this through basically going to Amoeba Music, uh, listening to a, an hour session on NPR about, uh, death, death and dying and yeah. killing, and, uh, yeah, and then that led into a discussion about God and belief, so, and that's why we spent the entire episode talking about movies. Yeah, because that's, that's completely unrelated. I don't know. I think I think I think we had this like this really kind of beautiful conversation about it, but that was that's done now. Yeah, we got, it's kind of hard got to out of our system. That. I I complained about being Jewish, <laughs> and I complained about people who are too close-minded. Yeah, we talked about how uh, 
while neither of us bear any ill will towards Christians, we grew up in an environment where there was some kind of terrible, toxic attitude about religion that was not very helpful. I don't know. Nobody was anti-Semitic towards me, so I guess that's nice. I think the issue just comes up when people are just toxic in general, and they right. just basically need an excuse, and sometimes it's religion, sometimes it's race. It's just, at the end of the day, some people just want something that they can use against others. I guess we'll talk about Mission Viejo in length another time. We did talk about high school some, so that was nice. Exactly, exactly. Reunion, tell me how it goes. Will do, will do. Um, Since we're also talking about next week, before yeah. I forget, um, I will be doing a guest spot on a YouTube show called uh, Brews and Bros. I'm hoping I get that name correctly. Uh, probably by the time this episode comes out, it will be ready or close to ready. Um, so hopefully that project goes through and... Yeah, I just like working on all this different stuff, so it'll be good, I think. Thank you, everybody, for just listening to us just, like, hang out and, and shoot the shit. We've been doing this for hours anyway. We made Curry earlier, bought some records, watched Twin Peaks. More you made Curry, and I got to enjoy it. Oh, that's true. I don't know. I made I made the Curry yesterday and basically reheated it. It was the rice. The rice that I think... So we, good. We killed it. We did a pretty good job. I, I don't know. I'm very proud of myself rice Ma- making rice well is surprisingly harder than people would give it credit for all right it's an art form i guess have a good night everybody thank you for just thank you for just listening to us shoot the shit yes this is what like the third or fourth time we've done this yeah, and something like that thus far i think as much fun as we have with actually talking about records this is also very fun yeah, this is good it's just good to hang out with you man i appreciate it all right high five on record oh, yes yeah that was good